Welcome to the Shred with Science podcast with your host, Dr. Chris Spearman, one of the world's leading online fitness coaches, an expert in metabolic correction and a global cover model. Chris delves deep into the most up-to-date scientific literature to provide you with the tools you need to live a healthy, enjoyable, and educated lifestyle. Yo, what is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Shred with Science podcast. Today, we've got a special episode with a great friend, an awesome individual who is going to have a really exciting few weeks ahead of her. Um, She is not only the two-time WBFF world champion, but she's also an accredited sports nutritionist from Australia and a global uh, online prep coach. Most importantly, she is also being prepped and coached by Ben Pukolski. Uh, We met in Tampa, I think probably in March, a few weeks ago now. Um, She was there on a training camp, training with Ben, as was I, both filming for for Ben's programs. And uh, we met up connected. She's an amazing individual. Um, She was there with her partner. And we just got chatting and uh, she, as, as you will hear on this episode, when she talks about her story, she has gone from the lowest points you can possibly be physically um, to achieve some of the most amazing things that most people within the fitness space um, only dream of achieving. She is 11 weeks out from her third Uh, She's going for three in a row world championship title with WBFF in the Bahamas. Um, And we talk everything about adversity, um, how she uses her clients um, to propel her forward and that motivation and that accountability that she also gets back from her clients, as you'll hear throughout the episode. Uh, Really amazing episode. I hope you enjoy. Um, As always, guys, share it on your story. Tag us both in it. Um, Give uh, Alicia a follow. And uh, as always, leave a review. Today's review, for those of you guys who don't know, at the start of every podcast, I offer a free call with myself on anything coaching related, nutrition, supplementation, mindset, business, uh, free consultation valued at $300 to anyone who leaves a review. Now, there haven't been that many reviews, as I always say, um, and this review uh, comes in from Ryan Jazzy. He said, Chris's podcast is unlike others in that not only does he interview lots of esteemed fitness professionals, but also a lot of real life everyday people and we get to hear all about their fitness and life journeys. He's very down to earth, real and true to life covering a range of fitness and lifestyle topics. Give this podcast a listen today. Ryan, if you're listening, drop me a DM, hit me an email, let's jump on a call. Thank you so much for your review. Um, Anyone who's left a review so far has going to be called out or has been called out already. Um, So if you haven't, please leave a review. It it means a massive difference to the growth of the podcast. In the meantime, guys, myself and Alicia Gowans, enjoy. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Supplement Needs. Supplement Needs are one of the UK's fastest growing online health and supplement stores. They have completely exploded over the last year and have been giving out not only some incredible products, but also some incredible information. For me, over the last number of years, I feel like the health aspect of the health and fitness industry has been completely left out. And companies like Supplement Needs are bringing your health as a priority to the forefront. For me, Maybe it's because I'm a little bit older. Maybe it's because I'm a little bit wiser, but I'm focusing so much more now on health, knowing that I can never fully perform without being as optimal as I possibly can in terms of my health. A lot of the supplements that I take from supplement needs and have been taking are health related. For example, zinc, magnesium, P5P, L-theanine, 5-HTP, vitamin B5, ashwagandha, methyl B12, vitamin D3, curcumin, and tudka. Now, for me to bring a sponsor onto the podcast, it is imperative for me, firstly, that I believe in the brand, their ethos, their message, but also their supplements. Now, knowing that Dr. Dean St. Mart heads their intelligence and their formulation is incredible. 
just to have someone like that to give that level of detail. For those of you guys who don't know, Dr. Dean is a great friend of mine and he has a PhD in organic chemistry. His sole goal is to help supplement needs create the best possible formulations possible. Uh, So over the last number of months, he has created four stacks. There's a kidney and blood pressure stack, a liver stack, a sleep stack, and a heart stack. Now for me to have a relationship with a company that gives that level of detail and puts that much uh, emphasis on making other people's health a priority, especially when it comes to science, it was an absolute no-brainer for me. You can also find a lot of other supplements on their, uh, both in their in-house store in New Milton, but also online on their website, Redcon One, Granite Supplements, Anabolic Design, Adapt, SciTech, and more recently, the Trained by JP Nutrition Supplements. Some amazing products, uh, just an amazing brand, and really excited to be working with them. If you haven't, please check them out at supplementneeds.co.uk. You can also find them on Instagram. And if you want to save some money off, use the code SPEARMAN on your order to save yourself some money. So 11 weeks. 11 it sure weeks is. Now. Excited? Oh my gosh. I'm incredibly excited, but I'm also, I have that moment and I think, you know, look, I don't know what level you're at. I, I you never stop feeling this moment, I think where you have that momentary, oh my God, freak out and we're going to be ready. <laughs> I think yeah. no matter no matter where you're at on the scale of things, that happens. And so, you know, I've definitely had that moment in the last week or so. Right. You'll be ready. You, 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 you've been uh, ready I know I will be. times before. Exactly. And this is the funny part, Chris. I know I'm going to be. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's, you know, even, even as I say it, I, I laugh at myself because you know, look, I know, you know, the world knows um, <laughs> I'm going to be ready and not only am I going to be ready, I'm coming for that, that third title. But it's I just, know. you still have it, you know, like you're still human and you still have it and you still have, you know, it's a fleeting moment where an emotional tangle perhaps in another area of life or stress or, uh, you know, just anything at all might lead you down a path of, well, what if and, you know, well, am I? And all those thoughts that are just completely non-productive and completely nonsensical a lot of the times, but they happen. And and I think, you know, look, there, there's some positivity in the fact that I have those experiences still and that I have those moments and those, um, you know, random thought processes um, still because it, it does make you a better coach. It makes you able to understand that, you know, look, if you're having it at your level, imagine what your clients are having at levels that are nowhere near that or, or just even in the beginning phases of what they do, you know, like it's, it's very, it's very normal. I'm very human after all. I'm not bulletproof yeah. like I thought it was, damn it. <laughs> it must be reassuring for the listeners and your clients and my clients who mm. are going through that journey for the first time and they're like, definitely. And, and, and they see that, you know, this is your third time around in, in, in terms of going for a, a world championship title. And you still feel nervous. You still feel excited. You still have those butterflies. You still have those doubts, you know? (laughs) Oh, my God. Definitely, I do. And look, you know, I was just chatting about this with one of my athletes recently when they were getting on stage for the Gold Coast show in, um, in May. And I said to her, you know, look, there is at no point on any stage I'm about to step on to, you know, this will be my 20 eighth stage it'll be you know like I, I don't even want to bore you with the the um you know the titles and stuff like that because there's so many of them but but my point being there is not a moment where I don't as I'm walking up the steps to take to the stage have a momentary nervous thing where I'm like oh my god do I need to just break out of line and go pee or do I need to like, <laughs> and I just don't fall over like please don't break anything please just stay in your heels like you know I still have those moments and and, you know, as I said before, they're fleeting and thank goodness, you know, like I know of myself enough and I know about the way the brain works and, and, and emotions can take the better of you enough to handle them and process them and then move past them really quickly, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it, you know, it happens. It happens even at this level and, and it happens at stages throughout the prep and then it happens most definitely on stage day. And I always look at it with, you know, um, a really positive outlook in the sense that, if there ever becomes a day when I go to step on that stage and I do not feel nerves, then I should stop competing. End of story. Because it means that I've lost it. I've lost, I've lost the passion. I've lost the joy. I've lost, 
I've lost what this is all about, which is a process of personal development, you know, not necessarily about being critiqued by others, but of definitely becoming the best version of me, you know, season in, season out, year in, year out, day in, day out. And that's a very different approach, I guess. And, and you know, the nerves are a process of, you know, your own check-in of, well, have I done enough? Have I made it? You know, am I there yet? And, and you know, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a healthy thing. And I think, you know, look, if I can make anyone out there that's the first time to feel more comfortable, please do so because, you know, you're talking to someone who's been there and, you know, I've been this radio a few times before. I've ridden this wall many, many times. Did you say 20, still 28 times on stage? Yes, this will be my 28th wow, time when I get on stage. That's amazing. You know, yeah, and, and look, I I was that, that really lucky, and I, look, I shouldn't say that word lucky because that's that's rubbish really, isn't it? We, we create our own luck and we definitely, mm. you know, through graft and grind and effort create our own outcomes. So it's never been without hard work and, and being the hardest working person in the room, that's for sure. But, you know, look, I, I had all wins until I went professional. <laughs> I became a professional athlete and then became a very small goldfish and a very big pond full of great whites and didn't win for quite a while, but then won again. So, you know, my point being that you can be winning everything and still have nerves. You can be at the top of your game and, and still have self-doubt. You know, that's, that's all very normal stuff. It's definitely, we've got a... Um not WBFF wise, but there's a few federations in Europe that a lot of our clients are competing in. And they're at that stage, some have just turned pro and they've competed in a pro show the year just gone. Mm. And it's just a different level. And I know WBFF is. is exactly the same. And we've got um, a number of athletes going into their first amateur show with the intention of turning pro thinking that, mm. Oh, you know, that would be the end goal, but it never is the end goal. Is it? There's always, no, Oh my gosh, no. And you know why? Um, because it's it's just the best chapter for you so far, right? But it's not your best chapter yet. And this is the thing. And notice, Chris, I've never once said anything about me comparing myself to anyone else ever. Never. Yeah. It's not like that. That's not what this game is about. And I think, you know, look, if I can um, give your athletes any sort of advice, it would be this go out continuously with the process to continually develop yourself, constantly work on bringing the best that you can bring, constantly level up what you brought to that last stage, but do not look left, do not look right because it's, it's irrelevant. It does not matter what someone else brings. You've just got to keep bringing your best. And, and I say that for two reasons, because you can never control the outcomes of anyone else that's not inside your own body. Firstly, you know, whatever anyone else does, whether it's food, diet, training, performance enhancers, whatever it is they're doing, irrelevant to you. As long as you control the variables you can control inside your own space, which is all you, then you've done everything you can do to bring the best you can on the stage. If it's not the best on the day to get the best outcome, then that's okay. You've brought your best. You've still done you know, enough, right? It is enough. That's exactly where you've got to sit with it. But my point being this, that when you're getting to that stage too, and this is really, really important for amateurs, is that if you're having that self-doubt and you've had those moments, and as we've just already established, absolutely everyone does, so does someone else, right? The only way you're going to beat them sometimes, whether you've got the physique that is the best on stage or not, is how well you produce your presentation on stage, which means how well you bring the confidence, which means have you ticked all the boxes in your season, both on and off season, to make sure that you feel 100% like you're bringing absolutely everything you could have done, because that's the most important. If you're sitting there and you're, you're worrying and wondering about what someone else is doing, then you're not actually focusing on you and you're not going to tick all the boxes. So stop worrying about other people, number one. Number two, tick all your boxes and do 1% extra. If you're doing that every single day, you're going to have this level of confidence when you get to the stage that you're bringing your best. And it really won't matter what anyone else does beside you because you're going to feel that good about what you're doing that you will shine in a way that even if you don't have the best abs, even if you don't have the best quads, even if your glute you know, doesn't have a tie in like the girl next to you, you'll still beat her or him because of what you're bringing, the energy you've got and this confidence you've got. And I can say that with confidence because I've done it so many times before you know you've got to outperform the people on the stage you've got to show your strengths and mitigate your weaknesses and that only happens when you're sitting in a place of complete zen almost when it comes to what you've been able to produce you know to get to the stage and and that that goes for amateurs and for professionals because there have been so many times that i've stood on a professional stage and i haven't had the best abs but i tell you what i win hands down and I win hands down on everything else that I take to the stage. And it's this quiet confidence that I've done everything that I can do all the way through. And I think, you know, as an amateur, be prepared to, you know, have people in your lineup that are going to challenge you on every level mentally and physically and look better than you in certain areas because that's going to happen. And as a mm -hmm. professional, 
maybe as an amateur stepping into your professional debut, be prepared to be standing on stage with people that have been on that professional stage many times before. So, you know, you've got to be bringing, you know, a level of inner and intrinsic confidence and motivation to everything you do because, unfortunately, there's always going to be someone that's walking into that room or onto that stage that's been there a couple of times more than you, that's trained a few years longer than you, that has a little bit more experience than you or whatever it is that you've got to try to outdo. And it's not always going to be about what you bring physically. It's going to be about, you know, the X factor that you bring on top of that. And that, that's my genuine advice to you all. Like, I think if you can take that and work that, then I think, you know, you're going to bring something special every single time. But definitely don't make it a comparison game because that's where you will lose before you even take to the stage. You said something amazing there about the confidence that you bring. And, and, and there's a quote that I always, it, it's more of a kind of a, a live by for me is that the confidence that I have with myself and and when I discuss this with my clients, it's for me, confidence is making a commitment to yourself or making a promise to yourself and backing it up. And you've Mm -hmm. resonated that massively in terms of you said, you know, do what you have to do plus one extra um, and Mm -hmm. commit to whatever you're doing, back it up. And, 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 and that to me instills confidence. Um, Yeah. And it does. It really does. Yeah, it's um, it's easier said than done, of course, but it, yes. it's it's something that you know you've you've clearly done over and over and over again to get to the level that you're at. I think also too, Chris, you know, um, having had you know the the significant injury and the significant challenges I've had in my career too. Whenever I do have a fleeting moment, and this is probably a good you know trick that someone can use because you know you don't have to have had the the traumatic stuff I've had to be able to do this. You've all had something in your life where you've probably questioned your ability to make it through. You've probably questioned your ability to be strong enough or resilient enough to come out the other side. And somehow, somewhere, guess what? You're still standing. And you've made it. You made it through the dark patch, right? So I would draw upon that and I would remember in vivid detail, you know, what it is that you thought was going to hold you back and how you crushed it and how you didn't let it. Because, you know, I I truly think that sometimes when we forget or we lose sight of what our true capacity and potential is, that it only takes a small reminder of what you've actually overcome previously to know you can get through what's ahead of you, you know, and we all have something, we've all had you know, some experience or some traumatic, you know, um, episode in our life that's been traumatic for us. Remember that perception is our own reality here. And you can draw upon that because, you know, a lot of the times what I see is people give up because they, you know, don't back themselves or they give up because they just choose to believe that they don't have what it takes to, to make it through something that might be a little difficult. You know, I'm a big believer that tension seeks resolution. So if you're sitting inside of a place of discomfort, that's exactly where you're meant to be and your strongest and best self is just on the other side of that discomfort. So keep working through it. But just don't don't stop and don't think you can't and don't take, you know, one no or one roadblock as as the answer to, you know, not being able to continue moving forward because I don't think that's the case at all. I think that it's just testing your, you know, um, ability to, to do better, move better, you know, work harder, get further, you know, and I think everyone has the capacity to, to really make it out no matter what. It's just some might take a little longer, that's all. But you've got to, I think, draw upon where you've done it before and know that whatever is, is hard at the moment is, is definitely not something that can't, you know, be worked through. And you can say that from a, a, a more of an authentic place than anyone because of what you've been through. And for <laughs> my clients or people listening who, who don't know, um, you know, your injuries and what you've been through to get to this mm. point, give, give people a little background into going from where you were to, you know, top of the mountain and all of a sudden feeling like it, everything had just been taken mm, away yeah. from you. To, yeah, it was, to it was such around. a roller coaster. It was such a roller coaster ride. And, um, you know, look, I think for anyone that doesn't know my journey, um, I had been very high profile and working my way through the competing um, land, if you will, in Australia and was making my way, you know, obviously across the globe, breaking into the WBF and winning my pro status and, and had been working so hard to get to my, you know, my, my pro debut stage. And it wasn't long after that I actually, I sustained a significant injury. Um, I broke my back and of all things in a, in a squat. And, and it was incredibly, um, incredibly life-changing on so many levels. And I think for most people, especially when, you know, like I'm laying in this, um, in this 
little thing. I don't even know how to describe it, but you know exactly what I'm talking about, Chris, where they're doing the MRI and you, you know, you've got nowhere to go and you're completely claustrophobic and you can't breathe and you're stuck inside this thing. Yeah. And um, they were doing all of these, um, you know, tests to see on my back. And this is how, this is how, this is how sometimes I say to people, you've got to be really careful with the language you use with people and you've got to be really careful what you say to people because, you know, your, your flippant words can really leave quite a substantial scar on someone, you know, on, on an emotional or mental or a, um, you know, definitely for me, even metaphysical level. And this guy who was my radiographer didn't set me up for success when it came to the whole, how I viewed this injury. Thank God I had a strong mindset or I would have, you know, quite seriously perhaps given up. This radiographer beside my bed is going, you know, like he's making these funny noises, you know, like, oh, oh, oh my God, like this, like, you know, clearly it's a pretty big thing. And I'm, I'm laying in this machine. I can't, can't move. I'm, I don't even have claustrophobia, but I'm starting to feel it. And he's going, and I was meant to only be there for 20 minutes. Anyway, he pulls me out and he goes, well, you know, look, it's a lot worse than we thought. So, you know, we're going to put you in for a little longer. And, and he goes, and I'm going to, I'm going to inject you with this stuff now so I can see a little more and whatever. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So I'm going in and meanwhile, you got to remember at this point, this is like, the day that I did it, I did it in the middle of the gym. I'd fallen on the ground. I'd heard the, you could hear the crack across the room. Um, I couldn't move. I couldn't walk. Like, uh, like I was in traction anyway, injecting me with this stuff and I'm, I'm in this thing. And then he pulls me out and I'm, I'm obviously starting to get nervous about it. And I'm so what is it? What's, you know, what have I done? How bad is it? And he goes, well, and it just looks at me, it's not good. And I'm going, well, okay, what does not good mean? Like, just, oh my God, everything about this guy just panicked me. And he goes, well, I'm going to have to leave it to the doctor to talk to you further. He goes, but, you know, oh, wow. it's, it's definitely, yeah, I know. He goes, but it's definitely, you know, it's definitely not, it's de- you've definitely done a good job. And I'm like, I've done a good job. Okay, well, I know I do everything well, but this is ridiculous. Breaking my back isn't something I should do well, right? <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, it turns out that I'd had, you know, these, and then when, when the doctor goes in and sort of shows me, you could you could see the cracks all up and on either side, both up and down. So I had these big pars fractures on my L4, L5. But it wasn't just that. It was that I had these pars fractures. So, you know, you had all these, you know, it, it's almost like like crumbling, if you will. And then, but then what I had was I had these bilateral multi-tiered um, bulging disc structures that were going like an inch deep into my nerve roots, but they were all the way like out both sides, like and all the way down. Wow. So like from L4 down to like my S1, it was huge. And, um, and I was just in constant pain. So I spent the next three years of my life in chronic daily pain. Like I'm talking. How long, oh, just Chris, a little, a little timeline here. How long ago was that injury from now? Uh, 2014, 2015. Okay. Yeah. So, so for three, so it's only been in the last nine months that I've been, chronic pain free but this is why i guess you know you drew upon me injury and for people that you know need to understand what i draw upon when i have a moment of weakness is that when i made my comeback i made my comeback with you know the okay so the fracture itself was healed and we had rehabilitated i guess the process of being able to because you can't rehabilitate discs Mm-hmm. So we had rehabilitated the process where um, two of my th- uh, three discs that were really quite bad um, were no longer so bad, but one was a constant into my nerve ring no matter what. I had three cortisone, epidural cortisone injections into my back in my prep leading into my very first world championship win. I'd already won two international stages in the lead up to that world championship title. So I had won the Atlantic City, the Miss USA, and then I won the LA Miss USA four months later. And I had worked my whole way through to those two stages, not being able to lift any weights, being told that I would never, never squat or deadlift in my life ever again. And thankfully, thanks to um, Dr. Jordan Shallow, Paulo and um, Ben, I am actually squatting and deadlifting, which is great Amazing. to say. Um, yeah, absolutely amazing. Like I honestly didn't think I would ever do it again and I'm I'm doing amazing. But but for the first sort of two years leading into when I started working with these these gentlemen, um, I I hadn't. I did all of my getting back to stage and winning my crowns and winning my world championships, um, with no squats, no deads for my Chris, my first um show and I went, Okay, that's it, I'm making a comeback, I'm gonna do this because I had rehabilitated and while rehabilitating I was just managing my food, right? So this is where nutrition is key to everything, 100% full stop, end of story, right? I was lucky enough that I had had enough, you know, um, mass development. I've been, you know, I've been bodybuilding for you know, eight years. I had been lifting weights for 16. So, you know, I, I had a great base and foundation. So I lost size, yes, but I wasn't completely thrown out, you know, 
out the window with what I was doing. So I managed my food and then the last eight weeks, we literally did blood flow restriction training and then threw me on stage and I won. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. That's, it was absolutely that's crazy. incredible. Um, <laughs> for, for some of the listeners, uh, Dr. Jordan Shallow was actually on the podcast three weeks ago so they'll give you some context and uh yeah. myself and uh, alicia met in tampa was it two months ago now maybe just a little bit more yeah maybe yeah two, two yep. three months ago um and we we're both training with ben um we managed to spend some time together with ben and uh and 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 the family and and everyone and yeah. it was just um it was really um apparent to me that you have a massive, massive hunger for success. And I don't, I, it, it really intrigues me because, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, I, I struggle to find people who I can resonate with or people who I feel have that same determination for success. But I, I honestly, I, I think you, you outdo me on this one. So where does that come from? Um, cause I, I mean, we, I, I feel like we all have a place where it yeah. really resonates from, um, do you know? And, and if you do, what's yeah. the best way to articulate where, where that insatiable hunger for success comes from? You know what? Like, I think maybe when I was younger, you know, we all have these periods where we go through these, you know, we're going to strive for perfectionism or, or we're going to, you know, always try to be perfect or we're going to try to, you know, be the best we can be because, you know, for whatever reason, whoever's in our life that matters most to us, you know, we're more visible, right? And I think we all have a similar story at some point in our blueprint foundation that looks a little bit like that. Now, you know, I think, I did a bit of work with a, with a Tibetan Buddhist monk. I was very lucky. I had a mentor for three years when I was in, in my corporate life before I came to this full time. And, and it really changed my life in the way that I saw myself and, and just you know, everything that I was doing. And, and we identified some of those things in me from when I was a child. And I think that that's probably had a, a part to play in it. But what it really did identify in me too was the fact that I have this genuine, um, you know, genuine desire and genuine, like I see it as my purpose, you know, in, in life really is to make sure that other people actually reach their potential and to make sure that other people actually, you know, um, don't give up and don't give in and don't take the easy route in life. You know what I mean? And for me personally, I genuinely believe that leading by example is how that's done. And, you know, I guess whenever I'm in a situation where I question my capacity or I question, you know, is this going to be the one thing that stops me or, or, am I there yet on success? And I go, no, I'm definitely not. It's because I constantly look at it and go, well, I've got to lead the way. I've got to, you know, I've got to overcome whatever it is that's in front of me. And I've got to be, you know, constantly improving myself because how else can I ask anyone around me to do the same? And how else could I, you know, look at my family or my friends or the people that I love most and expect them to be their best if I'm not doing that for myself. So, you know, for me, I think maybe that's where it comes from is that it's that whole if I'm going to guide others, then I better have been there before, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense at all. I think that's probably got a massive part to play in it. And, and, and of course, for me, at least I feel like, and, and I've no doubt you're the same, having clients who look up to you. And it, it's interesting because when I talk to clients one-to-one, I, in, in, in a client coach relationship, they've got two levels of accountability. They've got accountability to themselves, but they've got accountability mm-hmm. to me. And then in a group scenario, we have accountability to the client's accountability to themselves, accountability to their coach, and then an accountability to the rest of the clients or the rest of their peers. Yeah. Um, yeah. What I, I feel like some of our clients don't realize is there's also the accountability that comes back on us because if our clients yes. are killing it and our clients are going above and beyond, we better make sure that we're doing that too. Um, and I exactly. definitely find that. And I'm sure you know, your clients competing at an exceptionally high level within the WBFF pushes you on to do that. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, I love the fact that you talk about this, um, you know, multi-tiered accountability structure because I definitely notice that inside of, you know, our own team and our own culture. And we definitely have a culture, you know, the, the whole Angels and Alphas brand that we've built over the last, you know, sort of half a decade inside the WBFF and globally just, you know, across all stages really has been built upon that family and that whole um, blueprint of trust and honesty and of support. 
and we really do have that for one another and also for each other and i do you know i do think that that has a big part to play in it and and you're right like oh i had so many nerves stepping onto the last stage because and this is going back again i guess to the injury i'd had a relapse so you know to to paint the timeline on this for everyone i did the injury it took me, you know, a couple of years to rehabilitate and get to the point where we could blood flow restrict me in six weeks to my first stage, which was Atlantic City in December 2016, which I won. We got off that stage and I started actually being able to lift, but still no squats and deadlifts. Walked on stage in LA in April 2017 and won. And then got off the back of that and rehabilitated a little further and, and further improved my progression and my workload and got on stage in the UK in August 2017 and won my first big world title championship reversed out of that stage and tried to obviously start the process of recouping lost muscle mass to grow to be able to defend my title because i wanted to be a four-time reigning so this year we want to go to to reach my goal right so did that process and we were coming back from la last year where we had a team of athletes which was april 2018 and I had really, really, I'd been sick. One of my athletes got me sick. I had really, really bad bronchitis. And at the time, I had still a lot of psychosomatic pain. So like I said before, I had this daily pain. I was waking up every single day like, Chris, I couldn't even put my shoes and socks on type pain. Like I, I, there were more days that I needed help showering and dressing than there were where I didn't. And that's after I'd been winning titles again, right? So I still wasn't, I wasn't okay. I was just not showing any weakness, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we, we're on this plane flight home and because of this pain, my, I didn't know how to cough or sneeze because the minute that I coughed or sneezed and I would be terrified, the minute I would know that I was getting sick and I knew I had to sneeze, I would literally go into an anxiety attack because I was so worried about what was going to happen if I sneezed. And we were on the plane flight home, sitting in a seated position, so not in optimal um, you know, um, biomechanics at all. And then, you know, tightness all through my lower back, tightness all through my, you know, my hamstrings, my quads, my glutes from sitting and I was sick. So obviously everything already is contracted. And then I sneezed, got into a sneezing fit. I blew another disc on the plane flight home from sneezing and coughing. Yeah, so bad. So I got off the plane flight, which, which at the time I was only 17, 16 weeks from my stage, which I was trying to defend my title. Mm-hmm. So to paint a picture for everyone for the next 16 weeks that I led up to that show where then I went on stage and won. I did not learn my posing routine until midnight the night before my show you in a Las Vegas hotel room. Yep, because I could not put my heels on. I could not strike could not structurally bend or rotate my thoracic because I had no movement. And for the four weeks leading into the show. I had to stay in the Bahamas at our house and just hope for the best, basically. I flew my uh, physiotherapy, uh, physiologist, I should say, big, pardon, uh, pardon me, physiologist across to do my rehab daily just to keep me as fluid as I could be and keep my thoracic as loose and my lumbar as mobile as we could possibly get. But the day before I left home, I had another epidural cortisone injection into my, into my facet disc and my nerve root. That was six weeks from stage <laughs> and then got on stage. And so that moment on that day, I'm going to say this very clearly to everyone listening, all of my athletes listening, the only reason I believe I won that show was because I had so many of my clients that had flown in from all over the world in that audience cheering me on. And that accountability I felt that day as I stepped on that stage to succeed for all of them was so high that I did not get upset emotionally when I won my first title because you know what Chris I knew I was going to win it I didn't even doubt my ability to win it I cried when I won my second one because two reasons I cried because I won with a body that was not my best so I was disappointed in myself at paradoxically the same time I was so elated that I'd won just for my clients that were there to watch me just so they knew that they could do whatever they set their mind out to and that there was no excuse ever too big for them to not chase their dreams. Those were the two thoughts that ran through my head the exact moment that I won that second title. That's so such an incredible I, thing to be able to say. And, and, and I'm sure you make them like so aware of that, that they had a massive role to play. 
but that also empowered oh, a huge them. role huge role absolutely it was you know like they were definitely my my whole inspiration on the day and you know what like it didn't matter that I was in pain the day before and that after I posed at midnight and every other professional athlete would have had all their beauty sleep and had been, you know, wrote, learned their posing from 16 weeks out and, you know, had no pain and I'm laying there with pillows under my knees, pillows under my feet. I'd had, you know, CBD oil rubbed into my back and all down my leg where I had my, you know, my nerve being pinched so I couldn't feel my toes and all my calf was numb. I had, you know, people stretching me, people doing this. This is at 1 a.m. at night. I had to be up bloody 4.30 a.m. for my makeup. And, you know, before I got my makeup done again, I'm being stretched, I'm being pulled, I'm being rubbed, I'm being, like, you know, it looked like that because I refused to give in. I refused to not do it. I refused to not make it because I did not want anyone in my team to ever give up on themselves, ever. Mm -hmm. So I was not going to give up and I was not going to give up for them. And, you know, yeah, it was. It was the most bittersweet win I've ever had because I knew that my body was not my best. And I knew that I was running at 60% of what I should have been putting on stage. So I was proud that we still won because I was proud of what we brought to the stage. I was proud of the confidence that I, that I took to the stage, regardless of the fact that I felt like it was an inferior physique. And I was also excited. I got off the stage pumped and I got off the stage pumped because I knew that if I won with an inferior physique, you look out next year because next year there's no one going to beat me because I'm coming with some way better, you know? And it was, it was a beautiful feeling, you know? And so, it, yeah. So, so when I had my moment, my fleeting moment of doubt, you know, a couple of weeks ago, which was purely just because I had so much workload on with my mm-hmm. study and everything else, you know, an emotional tangle happens and we're, we're all susceptible to them. Um, it didn't last long because, you know, for me, it was a case of not, nah, you know what, no way. Like we're bringing something so much, so and much better. So taking things to the worry. next level for this prep, you know, working with yes. Ben, working with Jordan. Yes. Um, you know, work, work with a number of other amazing coaches that I see on your on, on your yes. page. You've literally gone above and beyond this time to to take yourself to the next level. Um, Absolutely. What sort of role and do you know, has that? I was going to say, what sort of role has that played? But also the importance of investing in yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say that it's massive. Yeah, it is. It is. I was just going to say that. I was going to say that. I think that it becomes that point where I have always had coaches and a belief that every expert needs an expert and the best experts know when to refer out to another expert end of story right and and i believe that to be true across any sphere that you are an expert within or or you know trying to become a specialist within and i believe that we are greatest by the you know some of our parts not as a whole you know on on its own you know we, we're not an island and and I think the biggest mistake that a lot of professional athletes make is this whole, I'm going to do it myself and it's all me and they don't, you know, give credit where credit's due or involve anyone else in their journey. And I think that that's sometimes out of fear. Um, I have no fear, you know, I'm, I'm a hundred percent myself on every level with everyone that I interact with. And, you know, it's either you take it or you leave it, but I don't, I don't hold back and I don't feel afraid of someone seeing, you know, what I really am or I'm not. And so I have no fear of bringing other people in, you know, to my very close quarters and trusting them, you know, and I think that that's a big deal. And I think that's where a lot of people make the mistake is that they don't invest in other people. They don't let go and they don't give faith and trust in someone else to support their journey. Right. And it's usually cause it's fear. It's fear of being seen a fear of not being enough and all these fear factors that hold us back from allowing others to come in and take a, a primary role in our lives. The one thing that I, with mine, I, I I didn't give enough credit to even clients of mine about was that initial message where you reach out to someone and ask for help. It's a very vulnerable place to be. hundred percent. Definitely. And it was for me even too, you know, like, like, okay, for, for argument's sake, how it came about with Ben, he's been my idol since I don't even remember. Like, Chris, I had, you know, like, I'm, I'm a, I was, to, to give everyone the, the funny picture about how this looks though, because it is quite funny, you know, I'm a former prima donna ballerina who also used to get, I'm also a tomboy who also used to get into, you know, um, like speedway racing and fighting. So I used to do MMA and um, Muay Thai. So, so I'm such a paradox, right? But right. to look at this, 
this little prima donna, you know, diva ballerina. You wouldn't picture that I was, you know, right into my bodybuilding and I was. And, you know, this tiny little, I think when I started 44 kilo, nothing, I was a two-hour ring wet. And, I, you know, my, my favorite bodybuilder was Ben. And he was huge. Like, he had calves that were bigger than my whole body put together. Right. <laughs> and and I, I loved everything about his approach to what he did. That's why... I loved him the most because for me, as far as bodybuilders go, you know, he was intelligent, he was reflective, he was considerate, but he was obsessive and he was always, you know, um, always focused on finding a better way and a smarter way and, and, and just pursuing excellence. Right. And, and so I just, I resonated with that, you know, as an athlete, you resonate with that. And, you know, as someone who's small and not genetically gifted and fighting, you know, up, you know, pushing shit up a hill some days with what I was doing in my pursuit to become a, you know, some sort of competitive bodybuilder at that point, you know, well, of course we're going to follow someone like Ben because what did he do? What did his path look like? You know, again, it's that whole, you follow and you emulate those that have pushed the boundaries before you and taken themselves places where you want to go. Right. So he was my favorite for that. So funny story, he's coming over to Australia. This is long after he's obviously given up his bodybuilding and uh, he had no idea that, I was such a big fan, but he reached out to me on social media and I was like, and I did my little fangirl moment, which I very rarely get these moments, but I had this moment and I'm sitting with Christos and I'm like, oh my God, look what I just got. It's showing my, my IG and we were literally in Sydney at the time, but we were about to leave because I had work in, in other states and he was, you know, saying that they were, they were coming and whatever else. And I was like, well, I'd actually, you know, we'd actually reached out to you from our podcast because we wanted to get you on when you were in Australia and, you know, I'd love to promote you and everything else. He goes, well, I'd love to have you at the camp. And I went, all right, okay, I'll stay. So I extended my trip in Sydney for an extra week and stayed just so that I could get him, meet him, get him on the podcast. And then also, you know, obviously attend the workshop. So funny story, I go outside. I was having a really, really, really bad, um, it's an episode with my back. Like I'm talking like I couldn't bend over. I was, I was so flat. You know, I had no movement in my lumbar whatsoever. I was so flat that I looked like I had a pancake bite because I was that you know, um, tilted under in my, in my pelvis. And I'm trying my best to hobble out my, my hotel door into the lift to go downstairs to, to collect him, right? And I'm thinking how embarrassing I cannot, like I'm meeting my absolute legend and I look like a cripple. <laughs> so I'm trying my best to, not show pain, to arch my back so I don't look like I have no movement whatsoever and to not be, you know, just uh, my worst self. Anyway, I walk outside and here he is, this, this monster of a, of a physique, standing in his thongs, bless him, he was wearing Havianas, it was the cutest thing, and um, jeans and, and a T-shirt and he still looks, you know, like such a formidable, you know, physique, even not, you know, pursuing even now, stage. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? And it is. And what I loved in that moment was, I was like, I'm gonna really like this guy. I'm gonna really like him. Everything about his energy was great. And he was sitting in this really soft, energetic space for a big dude. I could tell he was going through major life change, which I I loved. Anyway, he's standing there. And he's like rubbing his beard. And he's looking out into the sky. And he turns in. And the first thing he says is, "This place is so beautiful." And this, you know, this typical soft, unspoken way. And I was looking, going, "Right, I really like you. Everything about you, I really like." And so I just straight away, we're in the lift. We start talking, asking a couple of questions, and I just was completely honest with him, you know, completely open, no longer needing to hide what I was feeling, thinking, what I was going through. Just very openly told him exactly what had happened with me, exactly where I was at, that I had psychosomatic pain, that I had, you know, uh, emotional links to what was keeping me in my pain, you know, in my journey I'd been on, blah, blah, blah. And I'd said to him in this, in, in this flippant way, you know, I'd had this coach for when you and I have spoken about this too, Chris, this coach for like, cause he's, he's British uh, for like four or five years. Um, he'd become one of my best mates, but we, we'd, I'd had him as a coach for that long. And, um, you know, I said to him, I was considering changing mm. and I uh, didn't really, you know, know anyone else in the industry that I'd even bother with. And, um, and I said, except for you, I said, I would have loved to have had you as a coach. I said, but you know, I know you probably don't even do that. And he turns around to me and he goes, I do not do bikini girls. He goes, but I would coach you. And I went, are you serious? <laughs> I went, you can't just throw that out in an elevator like this in the first two minutes meeting time because I'm going to take that and hit you up about it. He goes, no, seriously. So then pretty much for the next, I found out later after the podcast I did with him <laughs> with his FBI skills, he kind of almost, 
you know, interviewed me in a sense across the time that I spent in Sydney and then the time that he sort of, you know, had with me in, um, in Tampa before we, you know, definitely engaged in that process and, and which I respect because, you know, look, I guess his time is valuable as you know, anyone would expect it to be at that level. And he didn't want to spend it on something that I guess wasn't going to be matching him in their pursuit of, you know, attaining a goal and, and also personal development. And I definitely I'm not going to be the person that doesn't do those things. So, so it worked out for the best. But what was great was we both have a very strong focus on personal development and growth, um, on, you know, looking at things outside the box and the way we view our approach to things can be a little unorthodox. And we're both like that in our coaching styles. And I guess, you know, that's why it also works so well. So it was really, really refreshing. And then, you know, the beautiful part about it is, is that, you know, he comes as, you know, the two part deal really with Jordan and I was already in, yeah, I was already in discussions with Jordan after I'd met him at this um, workshop that I stayed an extra week for, because literally within, you know, a few days of being there with Jordan, he had identified and started working on stuff with me in a prescript fashion that in conjunction with my physio and my, my um, strength and conditioning, my coach here in Australia, um, Paolo, um, had already been working with me on, we had started squatting and deadlifting. And then, you know, with then adding in the stuff that, you know, Jordan was doing with me on the prescript side that created for the first time since before I broke my back stability in my pelvis and stability in my hips and then, you know, giving me um, – more strength through the lower back, I started to be able to do movement patterns that I couldn't do before. I started to get less, you know, um, inhib- you know, inhibition in daily activities like putting my shoes and socks on. Um, for the first time in you know nearly four years, I could shower and dress myself without having chronic pain. And, you know, that that's profound, Chris. Like it sounds like such a basic task, right? And I'm still getting on stages and winning stuff throughout all of this that I'm talking about. But but I'm telling you, there'd be three or four times a year where I'm the hardest person you'll meet to crack when it comes emotion to emotional stuff. But there'd be three or four times a year where you find me just in tears in my room because I just couldn't, I just couldn't put my shoes on, and mm. it just, it would be just, it would just culminate and over time just bring me down. And you know, like working with these specialists that I've invested my time and my energy and my faith and my love in, um, you know, has completely lifted my game. It's, it's catapulted me forward and not just in a way where I'm going to bring my best physique because I will. And it's the starting point too. And this is the other thing that, that excites me. This will be my best physique for what I've done since my broken back. Yes. It is not the best we're ever going to get. Not yet. We're still not there yet. Like this is, we're just scratching the surface. Like, hundred percent, which is so exciting, right? Like there, there are so many professional athletes that I see get on stage year on year out and they improve a fraction, if that at all. And then, and, but, and I can look at them and be like, yep. And I know that's almost your best, you know, whereas I look at myself and I go, I've probably got three, four more years yet. of still bringing out better, 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 better if I want to keep doing it. So that's exciting. And, you know, that is where investing in the right team. And that is where identifying your people, your tribe, the people that you, that you should be sitting around the campfire with, you know, um, improving yourself through stories and, and pursuits of, you know, uh, further development. You, you want to be investing in them. You want to be finding them. You want to be identifying them. And then you want to invest in them. And then you want to give everything you've got to them and to yourself because you owe it to yourself. But you also, you know, need to recognize that these people are going to be the people who will take you places. It's not, you know, you can't do everything by yourself. 100% you can't. And that's for the people that are full-bodied, full-abled and without chronic pain every day. You can't do everything yourself. And, and I, I get very frustrated where sometimes I see these stories of coaches that have these ownerships, you know, you know, a mentality where they're like, you know, I've got this client and I've got these X, Y, Z symptoms or problems or whatever, but I'm not going to let them go and see anyone. Oh God, no. Because if I let them go see someone then I might lose them. Like I, I hate that. It's, mm-hmm. I get frustrated by it. Cause it's like, well, be an expert that actually refers to another expert and share your client for the greater good of your client's health and well-being, but also their professional endeavors. Because as an athlete, it's going to take more than just one person to work with someone. Absolutely. And especially at your level, I think what, what really strikes me about what you've been through is a lot of people can, you know, go through what you've been through. Very few people can come out of that and success, uh, successfully um, achieve what you've, you've achieved afterwards. But mm-hmm. what really strikes me, though, is that a lot of people would have gone, oh, right, I've done it now. You know, my back's given in. It's time to hang up the boots. I'm, I'm done <laughs> with this. You went through and you were literally, like you said there, you're going from show to show to show to like yep. 
almost like car crash to bandage myself up to get back in another car, yep. car crash back and bandage myself <laughs> up over and over and just relentless determination to yeah. continue. And it's, it's, and it comes back to my question. And I suppose it's like, if you could bottle some of that up and, and, and sell that and give that to other people, like it's that sort of, it's, it, do you find I'd be being, millionaire. being really truthful? I'd be, really, be a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. Be really truthful and really transparent because you are the way you are. And, and, and I see a lot of um, myself in, in, in that journey, maybe not to that extent, but do you find it slightly frustrating when people give you excuses knowing yes. that yeah and uh, but so how do you deal with that as a coach because for me yeah. I, I find like I can be too much of a good cop and I probably just accept that the person is not destined for for x y greatness yeah yeah how, you know oh, look I I think for me I always bring it back to their why and mm-hmm. um and and I've got a very big uh focus on everyone having something bigger than themselves the whole way through the journey. Right. So I make it almost so that it's an attachment to something outside of themselves. And, you know, I just constantly keep bringing it back to that. And then I also bring it back to conversations and crucial conversations, which will loop them into their own identification of their, of their, of their bullshit basically. Cause I, I say to them all the time, you know, I actually have a phrase or I go bullshit, Barry, bullshit, Barry, I call bullshit. Barry. <laughs> like, you know, you're yeah. telling me this, but bullshit, Barry, it's not, it's, that's not, the, that's not the case. That's not what's causing that. That's not what's doing that. It's your decision over here when you decided you could have gone one of two ways. You put your hand in the cookie jar or, you know, proverbially, proverbially here, you know, you've, you've made that decision. And I'm the same as you, like I've been the good cop for a lot of times and I like to nurture people through to, you know, some positive, I guess, outcomes and some positive realizations and reflections but there are times where you just can't because you're right no I don't have the patience for someone that does their own self-sabotage consistently and then wants to cry you know about it because it's it's difficult to watch it's it's really hard especially when you've been through what you've been through and they're talking about something that is so so nothing you know like honestly nothing at all and they're trying to put it make it sound like it's a broken back that they're trying to work through. And I'm like, well, no, actually, I'm, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to accept it for myself, but I'm also not going to accept it for you. And I guess the, the end product of this is, is that I always seem to have clients that will inevitably work their way out of our coaching model or out of our brand for the simple fact that it becomes a moment. And it's, it's only a very small percentage. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest about that there comes a moment where they can't lie to themselves anymore because I won't let them. So then when they can't lie to themselves, they can't lie to me. It's uncomfortable for them to be there because they, they're, they're visible. They're visible in their, in their bullshit. But I think, I think you're right. It's a, it's a hard place because you've got to decide when and how to have those conversations. But I, I, I used to not have them and it didn't get me anywhere. It definitely didn't, improve the quality of the situation for my client so now i just i have them and i call bullshit barry so i think maybe you need to introduce that phrase into some of your coaching conversations you know i and, probably um, will and any yeah. of my clients listening to this are gonna are, are probably gonna be expecting it from now on I suppose <laughs> from it's it helps it really does help because you know like you, you, i find that if I can come from a place of genuine care and come from a place where I make it a little lighthearted. And when I call bullshit, Barry, we, we talk about, you know, it's, it's like the game, we, we play a game almost around it, but mm-hmm. one where it still, you know, shows, I guess the magnitude of what they're doing to themselves and the magnitude of the deviation from their journey of, you know, pursuit of greatness. If I can show that in a way that is, you know, honest, but not, you know, degrade. You know, I'm, I'm not degrading them in any way, but I'm not letting them fall into their loop. I'm not buying their crap. Then I think most of the times, you know, I would say seventy percent of the time, I get, um, I get really good positive cognitive change, and they really do change, and they really do pull up themselves. Then they start identifying their own bullshit, and then they start actually, you know, calling themselves out and working on it. I only get about thirty percent of that small minority where I have to do this with that will exit themselves stage left. And you know what? That's okay because, you know, you're not for everyone at every point in time. You know, it might just not be the right time. It doesn't mean you're not for, for them forever. It just might not be their right time. They might not be ready for you yet. And they might not be ready to make the changes 
part of me in life that are required of them right now. You know, and I've, I've had to resign myself to that knowledge and accept that not everyone is going to be ready for it yet. But I'm very honest and to the point where, you know, I don't want to say brutally so, but I just don't take that rubbish anymore. Like I'm, I'm all for helping someone through significant change and challenge and stuff that is genuine. But if they're going to present something that is just a rubbish excuse to me, then no, I don't believe the dog ever eats homework. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, for me, I think there's only as a coach, there's only so much extrinsic motivation we can offer to our clients. A lot of, you know, the, the really tough work is intrinsic um, what would you say to my clients, your clients, or anyone listening to this who really, really, really wants to succeed, but they know they're cutting corners? I think that you need to do a stop take on yourself and you really need to be quite honest about where you genuinely sit versus where you want to be and where the gap is because there's clearly a gap. Like you clearly don't have all the tools yet to be able to get yourself there. But cutting corners is never going to be the answer, right? It's about mastering your craft and, and you know, really understanding the depths of that application process. So it's not just about, you know, taking a process or a plan or a pill or a magic potion. It's not like that. You've got to understand that the bigger picture looks like this and then every single mechanistic process along the way to get you there understand it intimately and be applying it daily become a practitioner of what you're doing don't just be an executor right there's a very big difference and if you sit inside the realm of becoming the best at every little detail that you have to do that you can be you know and and giving everything you're doing your all then you're going to be successful you will be the top percentage of anything that you're achieving or trying to achieve because no one else out there does that so all you've got to do to be the best is become the best of what you're doing by by living it like actually becoming a practitioner you know like it's like what ben says you know don't don't build a muscle for the sake of the muscle build a muscle for the person that it will take of you to get there um and i think exactly that can be transcended across any you know form of achievement or or hard work or goal or success um and to be honest with you, I mean, there are things in my life that I get stressed, you know, whether it's, whether it's creating oh, funnels gosh. or e- email lists or, or, you know, specific tasks or, you know, even with my own training. And that quote resonates, me, resonates with me massively because I, I literally take a second and I go, right, okay, I'm going to be a better person because of this challenge. Um, yeah. And I'm excited about the person that I'm about to become because to I'm become. not giving And you know what, like... I, I would be lying if I said that I still don't have days where, you know, something stresses me the hell out or I have the random odd moment where I'm not living my best life as my best self because I've emotionally sat inside of a tangle because it happens, but it's very fleeting. And the best part is, is I catch myself and I will look at myself and be like, oh, no, you're not doing that today. You know, like I, I, I notice and I name and I, I call myself out on my crap, right? I call bullshit barrier on myself because sometimes you got to do it. And and then I pull myself out of it and much like you just did, you know, I look at where I want to be and, and who I want to be and then I act accordingly, you know, and it's not always the easiest route. It's not always the simplest path. It's not always, you know, the most comfortable, um, you know, journey because it's not. Tension seeks resolution. Discomfort is where you should sit because that's where your growth happens, Right. Mm-hmm. So don't ever feel like something's hard. So I'm going to try to make it easy. No, you get stronger. You don't make something easy. You get stronger. You level up. Well, I know where my money is going to be in 11 weeks. <laughs> <With that mindset. laughs> it's funny, you know, I had, I had this conversation with someone on another podcast and I said, you know, look, I, I, will, I will do the same thing I've always done and I will rock up there and I won't be, you know, massively enhanced and walking on the stage with the biggest, baddest, you know, anything. But I'm going to bring a package that will be undeniably hard to beat because it's actually from the intrinsic side of things that I'm going to be dominating, you know, and, and that so game has never changed. Yeah, I'm excited to see how you get on. Obviously, you know, I even over the last few weeks, you know, I'm uh, obviously been overly aware that you're that 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 you are prepping. I just wasn't sure uh, yeah. 
which shows, so at least now we know Bahamas in 11 weeks. Yeah, Bahamas. Sure do. And the exciting part is, is that um, I'll be spending a couple more weeks with the boys in Tampa again. So we're, I head over for the um, International Sports Nutrition Association for their um, big conference in Vegas, awesome. uh, you know, next month. So I'll be over there for that. And I'd said to, you know, my team, there's no point in me traveling back home then traveling back over then traveling back home, traveling back over because it would be a three-step process. It's, it's a long haul in my back. Uh, I just said, you know, look, I'm just going to, I'm just moving into Ben's house. <laughs> I'm just going to Tampa <laughs> for two to three weeks and I'm just going to make sure that I'm, I'm a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm very blessed. I'm blessed with my team. I'm blessed with the people that support me and, you know, really do get behind me because I've got an amazing infrastructure of support. And, um, and I'm looking forward to having the best prep to stage I've ever had in the sense of being in that environment. Chris, you know what it's like being surrounded by by that kind of critical yeah. thinking and, and energy, you know, that energy, I can't even explain it, but energy is everything to me. And but even know, when like we this. were at Ben's that time, it was like just to be in a room with, with a lot of people who have the same, yeah. you know, the same drive, the same, you know, pursuit of excellence is, 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 yeah. is the best way to put it is people who just want to become the best versions of themselves in every aspect of the world um, is really exciting. Um, and that it's, was after humbling. you that was after you tried to convince me to step on stage. <laughs> <That's really funny. laughs> I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing this, Chris. I reckon every time we chat, it's going to be, so we're we getting you in a, in so, your birthday suit on stage just yet or what? <laughs> it, it will happen. It's, um, it we got to make it happen, but it will happen. You will, it will happen. You will be, you will be amazing. And I said the same thing to Ben, you know, you definitely got, uh, an X factor. You've definitely got, the right the right mindset for it too and i think you know look you you do you do the brand well if you did become part of it so i think yeah I'll, i'm just going to keep sitting in ben's ear the whole time i'm in tampa chris i'm not gonna let him forget you <laughs> <laughs> awesome i'm excited for anyone listening who isn't already following you where can they follow your journey um and where can they yeah. contact you Sure. So my personal Instagram page would be the best one, which is Alicia Gowans underscore WPFF pro. I'm also a partner for EHP labs and they will be doing a very big journey to um, the world stage. So we're doing a road to worlds uh, documentary, which they're going to be profiling. We're sort of launching that this week. So you can get across the EHP pages. Um, then my, uh, professional pages, my business pages. I've got a few. We've got, if I can just bring them up, give me one second. We've got Comp Coach. We've got Ali's Angels Fitness. And I think there's one more, but I can't think what that one is now. Sorry, guys. Um, and then you've got me on Facebook as well, but predominantly um, our website has a lot of information and, and everything too, which is just alisangels.com.au. Amazing. Amazing. I'm excited. Thank you so much for being on. Um, Thanks for I'm, having I'm, me. I'm going to be following your journey and, uh, and I'm sure everyone else will. And who knows, I could very likely see you in Tampa before. Uh, before. Yes. Well, I love the sound of this. And then you can jump on my podcast. This will be awesome. fun. Come, come over and train with me. Train with me on my prep to stage. It sounds good. Awesome. Thank you so much. And for the rest of you guys listening, as I say at the end of every podcast, make the most of today. You will not get this day again. Peace. Guys, this is a massive thank you from me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing, for liking, for sharing on your story. For those of you who've left reviews and have won a call with me or anyone who's left a review in general, this is just a massive heartfelt thank you. The podcast is probably my favorite part of my job. I love this. Um, I love hearing the impact it's having on so many people's lives. Now, tens of thousands of people every week tuning in. I want to give something back. And to me, you know, to give something to you that is specific to training, I think would be great. I want to give every single one of you an arms training guide completely for free. What I want you to do is if you're listening to this on Stitcher, you're listening to this on Spotify, or you listen to this on iTunes, I want you Continue listen, flip over to Instagram this second, right now, head over to Instagram, go onto my profile, click the link in my bio and hit free arm guide. Now I want you to scroll down, put your email in there and you will get it sent directly to your email. 
completely for free as a massive thank you for all of you guys who are showing love to this podcast, to me, um, and are really benefiting from this information. You'll get it sent straight to your email. I want you to look at it. I want you to give it a go. I want you to let me know how you're getting on. You get three workouts. You get a hypertrophy arm day, you get a strength arm day, and you get an arm blaster. Now, if you're gonna do the arm blaster, clear about 90 minutes of your day because it is wicked. Um, Guys, thank you again so much. Please sign up to the free arm guide enjoy let me know how you get on with it send me a dm let me know what you're doing and if you are using it feel free screenshot it share it with everyone put it on your story tag me in it and i'll post it as well i want as many people as i possibly can to use this free information um, and to get the best out of their training guys thank you again from me enjoy peace